0: Welcome back, my fellow assassins, to a jam-packed episode of the Dark Assassins podcast, the show that dives deep into not just technology, but the concepts, software, and procedures behind it all, and explains it so simply that even your grandma can understand it. As always, I'm your host, the Dark Assassin. So, ladies and gentlemen, Hair Force One has struck again. Uh, yes, so if you're unfamiliar, Hair Force One, of course, being that of Craig Federici, uh, the Senior Vice President of Software at Apple, uh, he struck again because Apple recently hosted their Worldwide Developers Conference, or WWDC, or as this cool kids say, DubDub, was uh, hosted this week. They had their keynote address on Monday and boy oh boy did they release a lot of stuff, which we are going to dive in deep on today. So before we get started, uh, when, I, when we're talking through some of these features that were, that they released, uh, specifically updates to like, things like messages, mail, maps, safari, that kind of thing, uh, keep in mind that while I will discuss these on you know, certain platforms, like this is coming to iOS, this is coming to macOS, keep in mind that almost all of these uh, will be available across all the versions of iOS, macOS, and iPadOS, uh, just for your awareness. Um, so before we get started here, we also have to give a shout out to Craig Federighi, hair force one he is what an absolute gem this man is i mean he he totally ran the show he's got so much energy and the legend his legend is without a doubt just unrivaled by anyone else he's a total meme god so here's to you craig federighi we salute you Okay. Okay. But, but for, for real, let's actually, let's actually get into this. So first up is iOS 16. So the biggest name feature here, uh, is they completely redesigned the lock screen, which looks pretty great in my opinion. Um, so now you're able to personalize the lock screen. You can change styles and the fonts of the, the time and the date you can add, Um, You can tap on various elements of the lock screen to edit them. You can have multiple lock screens. You can add widgets to the lock screens. Like you can add a temperature widget, a calendar widget. You can add your activity rings if you're into that. All kinds of stuff. Um, And you can even update the depth of field too. So you can even make, make it so your wallpaper is kind of slightly in front of the time, so rather than the time and the date always being overlaid over your wallpaper, you can kind of give it this 3D effect where your wallpaper can kind of overlay on the uh, the date and time, which, which is pretty cool. And another thing you can do is you can dynamically set this up so that your lock screen will change according to what focus mode you have set. So focus mode, for those who uh, don't remember, focus mode was a addition in iOS 15 for uh, do not disturb mode. So you can uh, set it based on if you're at work or if you're driving or if you're trying to get ready for bed or you know whatever you want your focus to be. You can set it to allow to so only certain notifications can come through or only you know certain people can contact you that kind of thing so depending on what focus mode you're in you can set it to have a specific wallpaper Um, another thing that you can another thing they added was what they call live activities so this will show live updates to things like music and sports Um, And this will prevent you from just getting a bunch of spam notifications from, you know, uh, the NBA app or NFL or, you know, whatever, getting you constant score updates or whatever And this. What this allows it to do is rather than, you know, like I said, a bunch of updates, you'll just get one kind of banner notification at the bottom of the screen that, you know, will have a like, you know, an, a running clock of, you know, what the time left is, and will auto update the scores for you, which is pretty cool, pretty handy. Um, so going back to notifications, uh, they re redid the notifications. So now then coming kind of from the top of the lock screen, uh, right below the time and going down, the notification will start from will just kind of be at the bottom of the screen to give you a more better view of your uh, lock screen and your wallpaper. And then another, moving on to other features they added, they added some more updates to iMessage. Um, So this, you can now edit messages you just sent. You can also undo or delete messages you sent, but uh, one thing to keep in mind is you can only edit or unsend messages in the first fifteen minutes of sending the message. So if you send a message and then say twenty minutes later you're like, oh shoot, I forgot to you know add a comma or I used the wrong version of there or you know whatever what have you, then you're kind of out of luck. But if it's within the first fifteen minutes and everyone and the person you're sending the message to or the people in the group with you. Are running either are running the latest version of iOS, then you can go ahead and either edit or delete the message, which is pretty pretty convenient. Um, another thing that you can do is you can mark message threads as unread, so you can respond to them later. So let's say you're uh, you're on your lock screen, right, and you accidentally tap on a message and you open the message. But you don't have time to read the paragraph that the person sent to you. Um, what you can do is you can go, you can mark the messages unread, so you actually remember to go back and look at it. Rather than going and seeing that you have no new message notifications, you'll actually have, um, you know, that unread notification there, so you can be like, oh yeah, I forgot to respond to this, and you'll have that notification right there for you. Another thing they added was uh, they improved on-device dictation, um, which was, so basically uh, you can, now they made the dictation better, so better translation of words that you're saying into text that has appeared on the screen. And they also allowed you to keep, the keyboard now stays up, so you can easily transition between speaking what you want it to say versus typing it out. Um, another feature that they added was uh, they added a new addition to live text so last year they released this feature for live text which basically let you either take a picture or on a picture you already had saved you could uh, highlight the text in the picture it was it used uh, on device machine learning to pick up what text was it was able to pull text out of images but now they added a new functionality to allow you to do this on videos as well Um, now one thing to keep in mind with the videos is the video does have to be paused so the video can't be playing and you try to copy text but I mean pause the video for like a couple seconds select the text you want copy it you know whatever Um, so this would be you know really convenient for anyone trying to Take notes uh, through like video lectures, or if you're software developers and you're watching tutorials online, you can easily just pause the video and copy that code and paste it right in, and bingo, bango, you got your uh, <laughs> you got your application there, uh, just like Stack Overflow, but now you can do it with videos. So that's that's the nice feature. Another thing that you can do is it has it again using the on device uh, machine learning capabilities. It will now you can now select subjects from pictures, so like people or animals or what have you. You can click on them in the picture, and through the magic of machine learning and artificial intelligence, it'll pop out that subject, so that person or dog or cat or whatever and then it allow you to copy it and you know drag it around to either other applications or drag it into messages or you know what have you so if depending on how good this feature ends up being gone are the days of the meme lords having to go into photoshop and you know manually trace around the images they want now you can just do it on device with machine learning and just click and good to go so the meme production might be uh, greatly increased uh, with this new feature so another feature that they updated was the wallet app so in select states where you're able to add your driver's license to your wallet uh, you can now use that to validate your age and identity in certain apps that require it so rather than having to Go through the hassle of taking a picture of the front and back of your license to verify your identity. If you have your license set up inside the wallet app, you can just automatically um, use that to verify your identity and age uh, if they need it. Um, you also now have the ability to securely share keys if you're into that. Um, if you have your house key or your car key, I think, I know they uh, recently, I think, in, I ios 15 i believe they came out with car keys for the wallet i don't know how widespread that is now i know it's only on like new cars so probably not a ton of people have it but if you do have keys to your house or your car saved in your wallet you can now share those with people uh pretty cool i guess um not my kind of thing but you know more power to you uh, you can now securely accept payments on the iPhone, too. So if you want to charge someone something, you can just easily have them tap uh, on the iPhone, and you can accept payments that way. Uh, and they also added this other feature called Apple Pay, like, Pay Later. So basically, you can use Apple Pay to pay for uh, an item, and then have you have the option to basically... In the course of like four different installments with zero interest, pay that um, whatever you bought. Um, I, I guess if you if you're into that, um, I feel like could potentially run into some issues with certain people, but. Again, uh, I am not a financial advisor, obviously, so you do what you want with your money, but here on the Dark Assassin's podcast, we're just telling you the new features and you can do with that what you will. So they made some also made some updates to the Maps app. So they're adding new locations and cities for city experience. Um, so you're not if you're not familiar with what city experience is, aka if you don't live in a big city, Uh, basically it allows you to see like 3D models of different buildings and kind of give you a more immersive, uh, feel into what the city is just by looking at the maps. So they brought new, uh, cities and locations to that. Uh, they also add in multi-stop routing for up to 15 stops. So if you want to, if you're planning a, planning a road trip, you can add up to 15 stops on the trip and you can also on the trip itself, you can, you know, ask Siri to, Add a new stop on the trip if you like. Uh, you can also see how much your journey will cost using transit. So if you're a user of you know the public transit system through like you know the trains, metro, bus, you know whatever, you can see how much your uh, your fare will cost. So that's pretty handy. Um, they also added a what I think this this is pretty cool personally. They added a look around feature to map to Map Kit so developers can now allow users to look around so if you're familiar most people are more familiar I think with Google's Street View which basically allows you to uh, you know drag this little yellow guy like onto the road and you can kind of get a 360 view of you know what the actual you know road looks like all the buildings around it that kind of thing so Apple recently came out with their basically their version of Street View so now they're adding this ability into MapKit, which is the API or the uh, application programming interface, so developers can, you know, pull this uh, capability into their apps. So for example, you could think of, you know, an app applica- an app like Zillow or some uh, some other, you know, app to allow you to do home search. Uh, you can look around the neighborhood and kind of see the house, you know, from the street. Um, another thing they brought to iOS 16 is that added more updates to sports, uh, specifically in the in the Apple News app. Um, you can now get live updates and live activities, and Apple News has a new sports section, so where you can follow all your favorite sports te- sports teams. Uh, from macOS and iPadOS last year, uh, they brought this new feature called Quick Notes, which basically allows you to drag from the bottom of the screen you can create a quick note that's now coming to the iPhone and iOS 16 Uh, now for all of you on the iPhone that don't have an Apple watch you can now get the fitness app from the Apple watch now on the iPhone for all users so it's not solely an Apple watch exclusive anymore Um, spotlight has been added to the bottom of the home screen as well as some Improvements to Spotlight, which we'll get into once we get to the macOS section, and they also added some new family sharing options. So anyone that has family member, family set, families that they have uh, family sharing set up, you can now share purchases and subscriptions with up to five family members uh, through the family sharing. Um, so if you have, you know, one, any number of the Apple uh, subscriptions like Apple Music or iCloud or Apple One or Apple News Plus or Arcade Plus or, you know, whatever, uh, you can share that now with up to five family members. Uh, you can also add accounts for kids uh, with parental controls built in upon setup. So anyone with kids, that'll probably be pretty handy for you. Uh, You can now also set up new devices for kids with parental controls uh, you selected with already configured. So you don't have to worry about setting up the device and then going in and adding all the parental controls or anything like that. Uh, And you can also now approve child's request for more screen time for messages uh, rather than having to go through settings. So now moving on to some iCloud and photo stuff. They they recently added iCloud photo shared photo libraries. So basically, now any you if you go on a trip with your family or friends, you can create a shared photo library. So all the photos can be uploaded to this one you know one shared library. So not everyone after the trip is over has to you know, go through like, oh no, which photos do I have that you have? And you have this photo, I don't have that photo. So all those photos can be in one shared place. And another feature they, they talked about was uh, with some some more, you know, AI machine learning stuff, uh, it can basically detect if um, other people in the shared library are near you, it'll like automatically you know send the photos to that shared library otherwise it'll just you know save them on your device and you can customize that um too as well and they added some new privacy features also called safe this one's called safety check Uh, basically allows you to review and update access um, for information like passwords and location that you shared with people you can easily kind of go in and remove that access if you if you need to uh, they also made some updates to the Home app. Um, so if you're a smart home fanatic, you can now add new categories. for. It now has the ability to add categories for smart home devices. And you can now display up to four cameras at once uh, in the Home app. And I believe you can, and you can swipe through your pages of cameras. So if you have multiple cameras that you use to monitor your house, you can view those there. Uh, you can also... Uh, view more info from your home with the lock uh, on the lock screen with widgets. So we talked about earlier that the lock screen got completely redesigned, and you can now add widgets. You can add a, a widget for uh, your the home app, so you can view you know certain things like your house temperature, uh, lights, you know whatever. And then CarPlay also got redesigned, which this was a complete overhaul. Uh, so now it now it has the ability to integrate with cars hardware and change car settings like the radio temperature uh, inside the CarPlay app itself. So you don't need to go through the car's infotainment system or any of the car's, uh, cars um, settings or whatever. Um, and it also can now power the car's instrument cluster, too. So this can display things like your speed, RPM, uh, oil pressure, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and it, you can also, you know, customize the themes and gauges. It, it it looks really cool. I highly encourage you to go onto Apple's website and check it out if you haven't uh, seen it uh, for yourself. The only thing that is kind of a bummer is it's only available for new cars. So if you have an older car with CarPlay, I don't believe you're going to get this uh, new update. Um, so you have to get a Get a new car unfortunately which it's i'm not sure how widespread it's going to be um i don't believe they announced it yet it sounds like this is going to be a thing coming in 2023 um so you'll have to stay tuned on that so now the big question that everyone's asking well i guess maybe you're not asking but it, I, I will have to say it is a sad day for ios 16 because the iphone 6s has finally lost support it was going strong there, it really was. It was hanging in there. We thought it wasn't gonna make it to iOS 14, and it did. We didn't think, it. There. we thought there was no chance in heck it could get to iOS 15, yet it did. But alas, it has fallen. I, the iPhone 6S is no longer supported, which also surprisingly, the iPhone 7 also lost support too, which is kind of interesting. So if you have an iPhone 8 or newer, Or you have the second-generation iPhone SE or newer, you have support. Otherwise, uh, you do no longer have support for iOS, unfortunately. So moving on to watchOS. uh, WatchOS 9 now has four new watch faces. Uh, In my opinion, the most notable was this this Astronomy watch face, which now displays current cloud cover across the world, which I think that's pretty cool pretty darn cool uh you can add now there's uh, a new siri ui and banner notifications and you can discover and follow new podcasts on the watch like the dark assassins podcast like you're listening to right now you can easily uh follow follow that on your watch uh they added added uh, some updates to the workout app um with improvement to metrics they added Three new metrics for running: uh, vertical oscillation, stride length, and ground contact time. If you're into that, they also added a new feature which can automatically detect. Uh, if you're do, if you're into triathlons, it can automatically detect you know going you going between the different stages, so you don't have to manually uh, change that yourself. It'll be able to auto detect that for you. Um, it also added heart rate zones. So you can see, you know, where you are in the heart rate zones. If you if you want to try to stay in a certain heart rate zone during your workout, you can see that. And you can also create custom workouts and workouts now too. So that's that's cool. Uh, so they also added new updates to the sleep uh, application. So before you could easily, you could track your sleep, but now they added, added the ability for you to track your sleep stages. Um, so you can get a better sense of how long you're staying in each sleep uh, stage and that kind of thing. So you can see how much time you spent in each stage and when you might have woken up. Uh, you can see how your sleep cycles uh, go through each stage. And you can also contribute your data to sleep studies if, you, if you're if you into that. Um, and anyone with AFib, you can now track how much time you spend in AFib. Uh, you can also track the times and dates. It also tracks the times and dates for you, so you can kind of get a sense of, you know, what, what maybe give you a sense of, you know, what could be causing that. Um, Apple's currently seeking FDA clearance on it. Um, and another thing with the AFib, too, is this will kind of automatically kick in if your watch detects uh, that you got into AFib. So if you don't have AFib and you've never experienced it, then this obviously doesn't affect you. Um, But it it is definitely helpful for those that have it. Uh, Another thing that they allowed you to do is uh, better track, able to track. You're now able to track your medications, excuse me. Um, So you're able to track medications, vitamins, supplements. Um, You can also set reminders on when to take your medications. Um, You can also scan the label of the medication on your iPhone, and it'll automatically import the medication to your Apple Watch for you, so you don't have to manually type it out and find it. Um, So that's pretty handy. Um, you're now able to also view critical, serious or moderate interactions for each medication. So for instance, if the medication says it shouldn't be taken with alcohol or, you know, what have you, you can see that in the, in the app and you can also invite uh, family members to share their health data. If you're into that, it also brings four new keyboard languages and RIP, the Apple watch series three it is finally no longer supported although i i I believe it's still available for purchase on the apple website um at least at the recording of this uh podcast they might have taken it off which would be kind of weird that they they they'd still have it on there seeing that it's going to be losing support in a couple months but uh you know you do you apple i guess so the next one that we're going to talk about is the is some hardware that got released at wwdc so apple released their new m2 chip which is the successor for their m1 chip that they released um so as you might expect if you've seen any of the hardware releases for apple's silicon uh, releases they gave more ambiguous vague and poorly labeled graphs depicting performance so you just kind of had to kind of guess as to what tests they were running and how they were viewing the scores and all that stuff basically they would have probably failed a statistics class uh, with those graphs with how bad they were labeled but you know, whatever. Uh, it's the same 5 nanometer process as the M1, but if they're using a second generation core design. Basically, that means that it's uh, the size of the transistors are the same, but they kind of re architected them to uh, make it faster. Uh, so now there's 25% more transistors than the M- M1, so now there's 20 billion of them. Um, the bandwidth for the unified memory is now 100 gigabits per second, which is 50% faster than the M1, and you can now have up to 24 gigabytes of that unified memory, uh, whereas the M1 you could only have up to 16. Uh, It still has the same four performance and four efficiency cores for the CPU. Uh, The CPU is 18% faster than the M1 is, uh, the M2 GPU now has up to 10 cores. The bin version or the, the basic version, um, it only has eight cores for the uh, GPU, which the original M1 8 cores was the higher end version and seven cores for the GPU was the bind version. so that is a little bit of an upgrade there. Uh, the GPU is up to 35% faster than the M1. And the M2 chip also gets the new media engine, uh, just like the M1 Pro, Max, and Ultra chips do. So this allows for ProRes encode and decode, which is basically allows hardware encoding. And the reason why this is a big thing, and basically the meaning of what hardware coding is, is the algorithms that run... The encoding and decoding run directly on the hardware itself, so you don't have to go through any kind of software translation layer, which means that you get a lot better performance uh, if you're doing any kind of video editing. And it also has a 40% faster neural engine, too, compared to the M1. So, next, now that they released the M2 chip, Uh, It's coming in two new MacBooks that they uh, announced, the first one being the MacBook Air. Uh, It's got a completely new redesign. It's got a flat, squared-off design, just like the new uh, MacBook Pros that they released in the fall. Uh, It is no longer a wedge shape. Uh, So if you were a fan of the iPad Air's wedge shape, it is, alas, no more. Um, It is 11.3 millimeters thick. Yes, Apple, I said that correctly. Millimeters thick, not thin. Um, It is 2.7 pounds. Uh, The colors that it comes in is silver, space gray, starlight, and midnight, which personally, I think the midnight looks pretty cool. It's like this uh, kind of black with a little bit of blue. So it's not quite a navy blue, but it's also... Not really a full black, although take that with a grain of salt. Go look at it for yourself since I am colorblind, so I could be completely wrong on that, but I think it looks cool. As far as the ports are concerned, uh, you get the new MagSafe port that came on the new MacBook Pros. Uh, you get two Thunderbolt ports, an audio headphone jack with uh, capability for high-impedance headphones, and now the, the display also increased to 13.6 inches. Uh, it's also brighter. And now the display also has the notch, which came to the MacBook Pros, which houses just the webcam. Um, Yeah, Uh, speaking of the webcam, it's a 1080p webcam, uh, and you also get a 3-mic array for better, better audio capture. And you also have improved speakers, and now you have spatial audio support, too. Uh, the MacBook Air is still fanless. Uh, it comes with a compact power adapter with two USB-C ports. Um, it, I should note, though, that it's optional for the base model, but it's standard on the higher tier model. Uh, you can also elect to get a, fast char- a 67-watt fast charger that can charge you, according to Apple, 50% in 30 minutes. Uh, you get the same 18 hours of video playback for battery life on the new MacBook Air. And the starting price for this MacBook Air is 1199 dollars and that gets you the eight, core, the 8 core CPU, you get the binned 8 core GPU, uh, 8 gigabytes of RAM, and 256 gigabytes of solid state storage. And it'll be available next month in July. Uh, the, base MacBook Pro, the base MacBook Air uh, excuse me, with the M1 is still available, however, for $1,000 if you are into that uh the other macbook that they released with the m2 chip is the 13-inch macbook pro uh the design is completely unchanged uh from the other one so you still have the two thunderbolt ports headphone jack and the touch bar uh starting at thirteen hundred dollars uh but this time you get the the higher tier m2 chip so you get the eight core cpu 10 core gpu 8GB of RAM, 256GB solid-state drive, and that is also available next month in July. And this, you get up to 20 hours of battery life, just like the previous model. So, the operating system powering this is, of course, macOS, and as the one and only Craig Federighi said, the crack marketing team. uh, They finally came to rest at Ventura. So that is the name for the new macOS, macOS Ventura. Uh, the big highlight feature that they uh, talked about was this thing called Stage Manager. So basically, it automatically re- rearranges the windows to the left side um, and only keeps the app you're currently working on in the center. So if you have a problem of having a bunch of windows open, uh, this can kind of help help you better organize them. Um, another thing you can do with the stage manager is you can select multiple apps and kind of group them into one stage, if you will, and then kind of cycle through them. Um, so, and then another thing, if you have, you know, multiple pages files or multiple, uh, web browsers open of the, of you know, multiple Safari windows, it'll automat group those together automatically. Although you can, you know, drag them out and put them into different groups, um, and you can make, you know, a group with uh, a pages document that you're working on with a Safari browser um, and maybe a calculator or something. And you can have those grouped together. Um, and you can also click on the desktop to reveal reveal the desktop so you can e- drag um, items from your desktop over to one of the stages into the windows to allow you to add files to, say, your email or to your... Uh, PowerPoint presentation or your Word document or, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so they also added some updates to Spotlight. Uh, so you now get better results. Um, so it now you can actually get actual web results from Spotlight. And you can also run shortcuts, start timers, and all that fun stuff. Uh, they also brought some new updates to Mail. So kind of like messages, you can now undo sends, um, but... It should be noted that you can only undo the send within 10 seconds of sending the message. Um, I'm not sure how useful that'll be. I guess if you're really quick on the trigger, you can unsend it, but yeah, I'm not sure how, how that'll work for most people, but uh, you can also schedule uh, messages to be sent at certain times, and you can also set reminders on messages to remind you at a certain time to come back to the message. Uh, They also improved search functionality um, to the the Mail app as well. Um, And like I mentioned before, uh, with most of these features, this is also coming to iOS and iPadOS too. So they also made some updates to Safari, which is again coming to iOS and iPadOS. Um, So they added shared tab groups. So now you can share... So they they introduced tab groups back in iOS 15, which allowed you to kind of group your tabs together. So now you can share one of those groups uh, with a group of people or multiple people. And you can see, you know, uh, who's in what tab. So if you're kind of working on a collaborative project, this could be helpful. So you can all have, you know, the same tabs open and that kind of thing. Uh, they also added this new feature called passkeys, uh, which uses cryptographic techniques and biometrics on device to authenticate new pass keys. So essentially trying to get rid of passwords, um, which personally I think trying to go away from passwords is a good thing because passwords are, with how many people have to remember, they're just using the same password and more often than not. Some people are good. And they have different passwords and use very complex passwords. Um, But definitely going to a passwordless future is definitely the future. Um, So they only exist on your device, which is kind of the key to the passkeys. And only one passkey is uh, made per application, um, and it also can be available in your iCloud keychain. So if you have multiple devices with your iCloud keychain set up, you can create a passkey on your Mac, and it'll be available on your iPhone. Um, and this is they're also they also made this uh, cross-platform, so you will be able to use your passkeys um, on different devices that aren't Apple products, which is definitely a, definitely a plus. Uh, they also added. Uh, some new continuity features. So they have that. Previously, they had features like handoff, uh, which allowed you to, you know, copy text from say your iPhone and paste it on your Mac and vice versa. So they added. They uh, extended this to FaceTime. So now you can ex. For example, you can now accept a call on your iPhone. Say on your way home from work or whatever and then once you get to your desk uh back at your house if you have your mac there you'll get a little pop-up notification uh that'll be like do you want to you know switch the facetime over to your mac so you can then you know switch the facetime over to your mac or like i said you could have the facetime call on your mac and then say you have to get up to you know go somewhere you can then switch the facetime call over to your iphone Um, but probably the biggest feature is now You can use your iPhone's rear camera as your webcam on your Mac. So if your iPhone is close enough to the Mac, it'll recognize it and use it as the webcam, which is, I don't know how they did that, but it's pretty cool. So now you can have center stage and portrait mode capability on all Macs. Whereas before that was basically non-existent except I think on the uh I think it was the the studio display that they launched had center stage capability. Um but now you can have it on any Mac you want. Um, And they also have this other new feature called desk view which allows your which uses your iPhone's wide angle lens to view your desk which is kind of mind-boggling if you think about it because your iPhone's camera will be pointed directly at you yet it can you know basically appear as though it's a top-down shot while also having a camera on you so that's that's pretty cool Uh, and they also redesigned uh, the system settings so now it's a sidebar rather than the multiple rows of settings um and probably The worst news about macOS is the support for it. So all Macs before 2017 are no longer supported, and only MacBook Airs and Mac Minis from 2018 and newer are supported. So if you have a MacBook Air that's older than 2018, no dice. Um, And then I guess it should be noted that if you have one of the new Mac Pros from 2019, those are still supported. All other versions are unsupported. So moving on to iPadOS 16. So it gets pretty much all the same features from iOS and macOS. And finally, it gets full external display support if you have an M1 Mac, or uh, iPad rather. If you don't have an M1 M1 iPad, then you don't get the full uh, external display support. Uh, But in other news, The weather app is finally coming to the iPad, which is kind of about time. Um, And they also added WeatherKit, which is their API to allow developers to integrate weather into their own apps if they want. Um, They also added this new feature, which is also coming to iOS and macOS called Freeform. Um, which basically allows you to work collaboratively uh, to plan projects, brainstorm ideas, um, draw with friends, you know, just be creative. Uh, You can share files, insert web links, documents, videos, audio, all that good stuff. Uh, You can invite others to join, and you can see their changes in real time. Uh, So it's basically like this big collaborative suite. Um, And I believe this is going to be coming later in the iOS and iPadOS 16 development So not gonna be when it first comes out, probably, you know, maybe around the winter time, if I had to guess, maybe early spring. Um, So now you can also play games together with SharePlay. Uh, They redesigned the Game Center, and they're also bringing what they call desktop class apps. So you can now have undo and redo across the system. You can change file extensions and view folder sizes in the files app um you can now do find and replace and you can have customized toolbars and the apis to do this uh, they're releasing them so developers can incorporate them into their own apps Um, so another thing that they added to ipad os is ipad storage can now be used as swap for extra system memory Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with that concept uh basically in I would say all modern operating systems, if you ever happen to run out of system memory, what your computer will do will take some of that memory and put it on your uh, on your disks or on your SSD or on your hard drive to free up some of that system memory. So files that are in memory that you're not necessarily using as often will kind of be pushed to the what they call the swap, um, which is just you know, memory space that has been allocated to be on your, uh, on your drive. Um, so now that's being brought to the iPad. They also added a reference color mode, so you can now do color correcting work on the iPad. Um, and you can also now uh, scale uh, apps, so you can kind of change the size of how your apps are, so kind of more of a desktop feature that they're bringing to the iPad. Um, and so the stage manager that they were bringing to mac os is now also being brought to ipad os so you can resize and rearrange windows you can uh, see all uh, recently used apps they appear on the left uh, you can work with overlapping windows which is kind of a first for ipad os and the wallpaper now fills the full display uh, on external displays of course if assuming you're running a uh, an iPad with an M1 chip um, and you can now have up to 34 windows or kind of eight um, of the the stage manager groups uh, between uh, running simultaneously between the external display and on the iPad and you can also drag and drop things across uh, from the iPad to the external display um, so as far as support for iPad OS 16 Any iPad Pro is supported. Um, iPad Airs that are third generation or newer are supported. Uh, Just the standard iPad 5th gen or newer is supported. And iPad mini's 5th gen or newer is also supported. So if you're interested in getting a first-hand look at any of these, developer betas are available now. Um, Betas for the general public are available in July. And all OSs will be available in the fall. So let's kind of get into my thoughts on this. So first off, hands down, star of the show, Craig Federighi. I mean, he, he kind of carried the performance. I mean, every time I see an Apple event with Craig in it, it it's, it's, just an, it's just such a great experience. Um, he's so good. Uh, such a good presenter, and just his antics are hilarious and so good. Um, but, you know, kind of more specific to the event, um, it was very well executed, um, as all the virtual be- events have been. Um, the lock screen features, definitely super cool. i um, kind of interested to get my hands on that and play around with that. Um, and the ability to use an iPhone as the webcam for your Mac is is pretty great. Um, since unless you're rocking like one of the new, uh, Macs, which even if you're using a fairly new one, you probably still only have a 720p webcam. Um, so it's, it's, it's definitely really nice to be able to have that ability, uh, to use your iPhone's fantastic camera, uh, as your webcam. And the, Going on that topic of for like FaceTime and stuff, the ability to switch between your iPhone, Mac, and iPad for FaceTime calls is definitely a, a very very nice feature. Um, but some things that I didn't necessarily care too much about, like why in the world are they putting notches on their laptops? Like Apple, what are you doing? <laughs> You have plenty of space in that top bezel that you can easily fit the camera in. You don't need a notch. It looks terrible. Like, I could understand it maybe if you had actual features in the notch, but it's just the webcam. It's not even like the iPhones where you have all kinds of other sensors in there. It's just the webcam. You don't need a notch. Get rid of it. It looks terrible. Um, that being said though I, I do think the 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 new design as a whole aside from the notch for the MacBook air does look pretty pretty good in my opinion uh, it's really thin um, I like that they added the magsafe back that that was pretty cool um, I, I kind of touched on this um, earlier but the ambiguous graphs Apple you need you need to stop that Um like, stop leaving us guessing as to what the real numbers are. Just just flat out tell us what tests you did, what the numbers were, rather than, you know, people pretty much guessing, trying to verify your claims until they actually get their hands on the devices and be like, oh, well, you know, Apple's right in this test if they if you run this specific test. But if, you know, you run this one, you get different results. So they, they, they need to, you know, better do a better job of, uh, defining their metrics and that kind of thing, which I know they're not going to do, but you know it'd, it'd be cool if they did. Um, as far as the car CarPlay though, go moving on to another topic. CarPlay that looked incredible. <laughs> like I know I mentioned this uh, when we talked about it, but if you have not seen uh, what the CarPlay design looks like, uh, go check it out since it looks it looks fantastic. Uh, but like I mentioned, it is kind of a bummer that it's only available on new cars and those cars aren't even going to be announced till 2023 anyway um so that's a little bit of a bummer um these like and moving on to another thing the uh the astronomy background on the apple apple watch i don't personally have an apple watch but that astronomy background with the changing cloud cover looked freaking awesome that was really cool Um, and I, I can't really say much about the Apple watch features since I don't have an Apple watch, so I don't really use any Apple watch features. Um, but then going back to some Mac stuff, uh, I don't understand. Oh, I guess speaking of the Macs, uh, we didn't even talk about, oh yeah, we did talk about support. My bad. Uh, but I, I don't understand why they. Well, actually, I do understand. Uh, They're trying to kill off Intel as quick as possible is the real reason. But I don't understand why they drop support for so many capable Macs. Like, currently, I'm recording this podcast on a uh, 2015 15-inch MacBook Pro. This thing is more than capable to run the latest version of macOS. Like, I'm sorry. If you think a 2017 12-inch MacBook can run the latest version of macOS... I mean, those things are garbage, like garbage time performance. Those things are terrible. Uh, and you're telling me that that's supported, but my 15-inch MacBook Pro isn't supported. My my computer will blow that thing out of the water in any metric you want to run. Like, I, I get it they're trying to kill off, you know, the Intel... Uh, supported Macs and get everyone over to Apple Silicon. So I, I understand why they're doing it. But at the same time, you're supporting laptops that aren't nearly as powerful as some of the laptops you're dropping support for, which doesn't really make any sense uh, from, a, from a usability perspective, I guess. Since obviously, if you know older computers can run it fine... Why would you drop support? Mainly, it's to get you know people to switch and upgrade and all that stuff. So I understand you know why they're doing it, but at the same time, you know if you think if anyone in their right mind thinks that like a 2017 13-inch MacBook Pro or a 2018 MacBook Air or especially the 12-inch MacBooks that they're still supporting for some dumb reason are able to run, you know, macOS Ventura, but the 2015s and 2016 laptops can't, uh, specifically the MacBook Pros can't, they're, you're out of your mind because I know for a fact that they can. Um, so helpful tip, um, if you are in the case like me where your laptop or desktop or whatever you're running is no longer supported for macOS ventura Uh, i cannot confirm but i am fairly certain that the uh, open core legacy patcher project will uh add support uh for all the devices that are losing support now so you should still be able to upgrade you'll just kind of have to jump through a couple hoops uh to get onto the latest version but i but don't fret i feel like you will most likely be able to uh if you want to so if that's, I think, pretty much just going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, I please ask that you would uh, give it a like and a rating and a review. Um, send it to a friend or family member that you think will uh, get it, get some entertainment or some information out of this. Definitely if they didn't uh, watch WWDC and don't feel like uh, spending an hour hour and 45 or two hours of their life uh, they can just come onto this podcast and give it a listen Uh, so that's going to do it for me in this episode of the dark assassins podcast until next time my fellow assassins remember bull nothing equals true if action not equal to null return true i'll see you next time on the dark assassins podcast